I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Uh, well, this is, uh, I'm so excited about this conversation. We're, we're hanging out with Gavin, Groff- Gavin Crawford, um, who uh, you may know if, you are, uh, if you're a fan of anything that's come out of CBC over the last number of years. Uh, Gavin 108 is, years. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> Gavin's a, a comedian, an actor, a writer, and now uh, a soon-to-be podcast host. Um, Gavin, uh, you might know Gavin. You guys might remember Gavin from this hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, currently is the host of a, a panel show on CBC radio called because news, um, Gavin, we're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your new upcoming podcast. Let's not be kidding. But before we get into the contents of all that, um, give yourself a little, give yourself a little introduction. Who is Gavin Crawford? Uh, let our <laughs> listeners know if, you know, if they're not familiar with anything that I just dropped there. Um, what uh, is, what is the day in the life of Gavin? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a comedian, I guess. Uh, I'm an I'm a professional jackass. Uh, <laughs> right now, my day job is hosting a news panel quiz on CBC Radio One, and it's also a podcast uh, that we put out every week where I sort of quiz three comedians on news of the week, and then we make jokes about it and don't That's give any wonderful. of the right answers, uh, <laughs> which is fun. It's like a British style panel show, which is something I've always been a fan of. So I'm really glad that I get to do it in Canada and Canada has like really good comedians. So we always have really good people to choose from. And uh, yeah, I started out as like a character comedian doing weird character monologues and stand-up clubs and uh, have done plays and written TV shows and, you know, just the usual stuff everyone does. <laughs> same old, same uh, old. And so uh, the, you know, what the reason why we have you on here today is because on May 1st, uh, your new CBC podcast, Let's Not Be Kidding, will be dropping. Um, and in a nutshell, it's, a, it's about, uh, it's a story about you, a comedian, um, and your mother and, uh, and your mother's dementia, um, which is Really, you know, I listened to the first episode uh, this morning, and first of all, I want to say it is—it's beautiful. It's a beautiful podcast. At least that first episode was really like funny, really heartfelt, um, and it really like it was so in line with what we do here at Sick Boy. Um, and so, first of all, congratulations on on this new project that I'm imagining is. I mean, I don't know. Does it feel weird to do a show that is that is so personal um, and trying to find humor in something that, you know, for a lot of people, something that they find quite difficult to kind of deal with? I mean, it didn't feel weird making it, but it feels really weird promoting it. Yeah. 
right, like yeah. you know like you know like <laughs> so that's a little weird uh but yeah i mean it i started sort of you know because alzheimer's goes on for can go on for quite a long time and i think with my mom it was like sort of over a course of like 10 years and things like that so i i because of like i'm a comedian and just my nature like we joke about stuff and make dark jokes anyways but then i just found like you know i had to write other stuff and this was kind of in my life and in my head and i had to figure out a way to get it out and i was like i'd sort of try to work it in if i was like doing stand up or something like that like the funny things that happened but it just immediately made the audience like too sad and then you like you can't get them back for the funny stuff because it's like they're just like oh yeah. then you're like no, no no i'm fine like but like my mom is eating cat treats <laughs> um, you know, so, like let's focus on this part and not that part for a moment uh and then i was like what is it like do i write it as a book or something and then when podcasts kind of came to me and they're like you know do you want to make a podcast about anything i was like maybe this is the realm to kind of delve into this kind of subject matter because you get the preface of like yeah it's about alzheimer's there's gonna be some sad stuff but we're we're mostly joking about like yeah you know stuff normally you wouldn't joke about and i mean you know from this exact podcast like you you need to joke about it yeah i'm i'm really curious gavin about the 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 like process and experience in in your mom being diagnosed with alzheimer's because it's really the the like dementia um is really interesting in getting that diagnosis because because of like the way that it progresses so like I guess like typically people start to realize like these, you know, weird things that their loved ones or friends are doing that like are kind of out of character, but it's like not necessarily like weird enough to like be like, Hey, this person is, you know, like experiencing Alzheimer's or dementia, but like no, you live in things... denial for, <clears throat> yeah. The, yeah. Tell us about that. You, you're in denial for a really long time. Like even everyone in my family, like we wouldn't we sort of like broach it and be like, did mom, is mom asking you the same thing like a lot? And then it gets to the point where, you know, she's asking you the same thing. Like, you know, she'll come visit and be like, where's my red suitcase? And you're like, it's just in the bedroom. And then you literally walk out of the bedroom and you're like, did I have a red suitcase? And you like just turn right back around and go back in. And it's like literally like 30 times in a half an hour. Then you're like, something is definitely wrong. Yeah. But it's weird with dementia because that you you kind of crave the diagnosis because you want to know, you want officially to know what's going on. And also then you can kind of, I think, access more kind of help to deal with it. But like, my mom is tricky as shit. Like, she could cover <clears throat> so well. Like, mm. she would be in the morning, like, not knowing who I was or like thinking I was her high school boyfriend and like asking me if I was going to take her to the prom. And then we'd go tape because news and I'd be like, okay, everybody, just so you know, like my mom's a little like, she probably won't like remember you. She might be a little like kind of not know what's going on. And then she would get there and she would be like, oh, hello, Liz. I remember you from last time. Oh, how great. And just like, or just kind of deke and just like not say Ooh. someone's name. We're like, well, we've met before. And just like, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Your mom seems totally normal. Yeah. Ooh. Is that hard? hide it. Like, is that hard for you? Does it does it almost feel like you're being gaslit in a certain way where where you're like you're starting to question whether the things that you saw like that very morning that were like, hey, like this was obvious that 
my mom thought I was her high school boyfriend, but then she goes into the studio or whatever and is like totally on it. Like, does yeah, it no, start you're like to make you question from it? Sesame Street? Like, Snuffleupagus was just here. <laughs> it's very, but even in my own family, like you know, my sisters would be like, I'd say like, I think this is happening, and my one sister would be like, No, you know, like yeah. she just had a stem cell transplant a year and a half ago. Like, it's like that's hard on the brain. It's just right. chemo brain or whatever it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, you want you yeah. like I think I think if they give if somebody gives you a reason to doubt what you've been thinking, then you are going to try to hold on to that like if your mom gives you a reason to go oh maybe i was blown out of proportion like you've been thinking that she's been going through something and then because you 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 want to you know you, you again you 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 want to avoid it or mm-hmm. you you want to tell yourself the story that like this thing that's really serious that i've kind of contemplated whether it's happening now you're giving me a reason to go that's ah, not happening mm-hmm. and to push off the to push it away again mm-hmm yeah, no, like you hope for anything that you can get that you um that will just make you be like, oh yeah, everything's normal, everything's yeah. fine. Yeah, are and you that, hearing like the dryer repairman repair my dryer in the background really loud? That, it's it's totally okay. Yeah, we we can uh, we'll be able to we'll be able to get rid of that. Um, okay, tell him like, say hi. Like, is there somewhere I can go? <laughs> this is not. I'm like, should I go? I, outside? I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say, is someone breaking in? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I could go outside, but then you'll get bird song. No, no, no. no, no, no. You're you're fine, fine. I, I really, I really mean it when I say that uh, we'll be able to get rid of that. Um, so don't, okay. don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, my mom was the thing that was really frustrating with my mom is she kept passing the fucking test like over and over again. So like. Yeah she'd go and you'd want this official diagnosis, but you know, like Donald Trump being like person, woman, man, camera, TV. And yeah, my mom would go and like, she, (laughs) my dad would take her like, and you know, she would literally have put bacon in the drawer Mm. for a week. And then you'd go to the doctor and my, I'd be like, dad, what? So what's the, and you should be like, I don't know. She passed the test. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was that was one thing that really made me kind of think uh, when I when I was listening to that first episode was, you know, there, and the, the other thing too here for for context, like your family isn't um, unfamiliar with with hardships when it comes to health. Like your mother, um, she's gone through the ringer. Like she she had polio, she had cancer yeah. that resurfaced three times. She you know, and then and then eventually leads to to dementia. But the the part of and you kind of you you mentioned it here, but that that part of seeing mom do some weird stuff, but then also recognizing that like your mom had uh real like a serious battle with cancer multiple times, and it's like that that idea that notion of like chemo brain is something yeah. that is very common. Lots of people have it, and I could imagine if you're going through a cancer treatment later on in your life, um, that's that chemo brain is probably going to be a little bit more severe than it might be on, on someone who just had, you know, lymphoma and went through chemo at 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it, it is easy to find these kinds of excuses to, to sort of deny the fact that there's something weird going on. And, and it makes me wonder like how often that happens with older people who are starting to show those signs, but the family trying to kind of look for ways to brush it off. I mean, my grandmother and my grand my grandmother just passed from dementia not too long ago. My grandfather currently has it. And when it was the early stages of that, I could even see that in my family where people were just kind of like, oh, that's just like Nan's just being kooky, you know? That kind of thing. Yeah. Where 
Really, it was Nan wasn't being kooky. Nan was Nan was degrading at a really fast rate, and no one really wanted to like to kind of accept that fact. Um, this is basically a long winded way of saying like the fact that your mother had gone through so many so many uh, really big time challenges with her health. What what when 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 the final diagnosis came in? What was the reaction that the family had? knowing that, you know, health problems weren't really that unfamiliar within your family. I mean, it's just a little bit of relief, but also I don't think, I don't even know when we ever actually got the final diagnosis or if we did, like it goes at such a weird kind of like ebb and flow pace. Like for a while they'll be like just kind of fine. Or there's like a period where they're kooky and then it will get weird for a while, but then it's not weird for a while. But then there's a part in Alzheimer's usually with like everyone that I talked to where something happens and it just like really ramps up and then yeah. there's like no denying it. Cause you're just like, Oh, this is, a, this is definitely like wrong. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's like, you just feel a bit kind of vindicated cause you're like, okay, great. So we're not, we're not going overboard here. This is really happening. Mm-hmm. But you also really, I think you live in denial. Everyone lives in, that denial place for a long time because even the person who it's happening to because it's bad like it's just a really bad disease Mm -hmm. like the end of it is so bad Mm -hmm. that you you kind of don't like it's a real oof when you go like oh crap because it's not like I, as of yet, like other than, you know, listen to music and do Sudoku, there's nothing that anyone's come up with that, yeah. like, you know, you're like, oh, there's no, how do we fix this? Yeah. Did you, you know what I mean? It's like not fixable. I'm I'm re- I'm actually, I, I had, a, I have a completely different question here, but just on that same topic of like, that there isn't, there is, there's very little treatment and like very little surrounding, like how to fix it. Um, I'm reading a book right. I'm reading a book right now called Outlive um, by a guy named Peter Tia. Sorry, Brian and Jeremy for bringing. He talks guys. about Peter Tia. I mean, I don't think you should podcast. apologize to us now. I think now it's apologize to, to, the, the, listeners. to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been this. 16 episodes straight. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just been all the episodes that we've recorded over the last few days. So the listeners in the in listener world, they're going, "Oh, this guy's been talking about this a lot for the past two months." Really, it's been like three days. It's gonna end up being a <laughs> what a slow reader. Yeah. <laughs> you read like a word a day. <laughs> oh, the magic of the magic of timed releases. Um, and he's talking about medicine three, what he calls medicine three which is basically looking at like all the diseases that kill us slowly over time, and that like take a long time to build. Like, you know, your mom the the, the beginnings of Alzheimer's for your mom would have happened like long before anyone ever and no like even the first sign of it happened like possibly 10 or more years before anyone even had any little notice of it and like how do we look before at, at people before that to to try and to 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 try and mitigate that so that it doesn't happen or it pushes it off like further and further into the future anyway that was all to that was that was all that that was something that just popped in my mind there but what i wanted to ask you was was there like a curve, like as your as your mother progressed in her in her um, in her experience with Alzheimer's, was there like a decline of humor? Like I can very much see how humor, how you need to find humor in 
in the experience and that's what we do here. But was there a point at which it was like, oh man, it's really hard to find those moments, those moments now, or did humor dissipate over time? Your ability to, find I mean, it? it does, it does a little bit. Um, you know, the, because there's a part where it, the ride is such that there's a part where it's like that. Well, this this is just the very scary part of this ride. And yeah, it's not super funny. But then then your humor just kind of darkens along with the situation. Yeah, where you literally like are like you know uh, like talking to someone, and I'm like, I am literally I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm standing beside the bed with a pillow, being like, How long will I go away for if I do this? Should I do this? I'm seriously contemplating a, a relief murder here, <laughs> and I this feels weird. Yeah, that yeah. is actually like, a brilliant. Am answer. I an angel or am I a killer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you have like weird conversations, but like, and then but your brain is like so deep in it that you you're joking about mm-hmm. <laughs> literally murdering someone. Yeah, yeah, and because like, you're, it's you're, so dark. And you're, you're just going towards like you're you're just niching down yeah. in your humor. Like as it goes on, I, I think dementia is a really, a really kind of unique s- situation too. Because I think if you look at if you look at illness and disease in general, you know, when I think of my friends who have had cancer or have passed to cancer, yes, those friends are people that I like have a relationship with. Where it's like it's possible for us to look at and find the humor that exists in that experience. Um, but for a lot of people in that experience, it's like. It's it's really hard to find that. Whereas with dementia, there's there's something inherently funny about like or at least ease it's much easier to find the humor in a situation when someone has dementia and they're doing the thing, like you said, where it's like, oh, my mom thought I was her like high school crush. And like that's kinda of, it's kind of funny. Or like it, it, you have a line in the podcast where you say, My mom she loves magazines. She's always loved magazines. And she still does now, but now she just loves pulling the pictures out of them. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's now like, she that's them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's, it's funny, but it, because and, I think that part of it's just so absurd. It's absurd. Like it's tragically, yes. but yeah. it's, it's absurd to watch someone disappear before your very eyes. It's yeah. like the worst magic show you could ever go to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like the shittiest, slowest magician. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, watch me yeah. make this woman disappear. Yeah. <laughs> In 10 years, I'll be done. Ooh. And it's just like, you're just like, whoa, this is a crappy magic show. Yeah. It, yeah and that, you know, that like to that point, um, in listening to the first episode, it made me think about something that I never really thought about when it comes to dementia, which was the fact that when you have a loved one who has Alzheimer's and, and when, you, when, when you eventually lose that loved one with, to that disease, there's... Um, there's, it, it was making me think about the grieving process. And so I'm curious if, if you've kind of looked at it this way in that you are, your, your grief is sort of double dosed. You, you get the grieving process of like losing your mother as the person that you once knew as your mother, but she's still there. She's just yeah. a completely different human. And then one day you'll lose your mother. You'll lose that person too. Like the, the actual existence of your mother will cease to exist. And so you have to like, you have to grapple grief almost twice, like two times over. Or does it, or, or does it make the, the actual death in some ways 
easier is easier is a relative term, obviously. Right. But that because you've gone th- because maybe you've gone through that process, the process that you would have otherwise gone through at the point of actual yeah. death. Yeah, is, is, is that it's a little bit of both. Of? I mean, yeah. it is a little bit of both. I mean, I because I've gone through it. Like spoiler alert, episode seven. Um, but um, you know, he, and my the weird thing is, Mike, we should have known because my mother's mother had Alzheimer's and died of it. And then weirdly, over the course of doing this podcast, we realized that like so did her dad. Oh wow! Uh, wow. But it kind of like got uncovered, like because we always thought like my grandma was always like at Christmas, she'd always be like. Well, I'm not a big fan of Christmas. My father froze to death on Christmas Eve. And it was always like a fun <laughs> moment of the Christmas Eve evening when grandma would haul out that my dad died on Christmas Eve story and the police came knocking at the door. But, you know, we always just thought he was like out delivering presents and lost his way in a snowstorm because he was drunk. Right. And then I'll, I was talking to my dad for the podcast and I'm like, wait a minute, did her dad? And my dad's like, oh, 100%. He 100% oh. had Alzheimer's and that's why he got lost in a snowstorm and died. Wow, like right. no one knew that then. Right. But looking back now and just tracing like the family history, I'm like, oh, of course. But my mom used to say, this is a long way of saying, my mom used to say when her mom died, you have to, you're, gr- you grieve two people. You grieve like your mom the way you knew her. Mm-hmm. And then you grieve this new person that you've been dealing with for the past number of years. Mm-hmm. So it is like a bit of a kind of a double whammy. But then also... There's a really thing no one really tells you, which is that you feel terrible because you feel great when they finally are released right. from that. Yeah, the relief. Right. Like you, and I talked about this with everyone in my family, like right after we were all there and it's like, everyone's sad, but also everyone's a bit nervous because everyone's also a bit glad. Yeah. Like you're just happy because they're not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there kind like of a, like fly is, free? Is there like a conflict within the within the family of like I, I was watching a sh- I was watching a show the other day where where somebody dies and and the family is like there's just a there's just like such a a spectrum of grief happening before your eyes. You're like wow, everybody is dealing with this in such a different in such a different way, and it's really it's really incredible to see to see how like to see the denial and the acceptance and the relief and the anger <laughs> and everything. Like, are you seeing that across the spectrum with like, with, from yeah, it definitely or, is or from that. Yourself, like, I guess a show that you were watching did a really good job of portraying that. No spoilers here, but no, no a show here. really did a nice job of portraying that sort of individual, each person's way I'm of glad processing we're on the same wavelength here. Grief news. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't go into it a lot in this podcast because I tried really hard to sort of um, keep it about sort of like me and how sort of I'm trying to process it because I don't want to yeah. speak for my siblings, although some of my siblings actually like are on the podcast and they kind of talk about it. But um, yeah, I mean, everybody everybody kind of handles it differently. But I think without exception, all of my siblings were how they felt about feeling a little relieved. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but they all, we talked about it and everybody was a little bit relieved. Mm -hmm. It is such an interesting emotion to come up and probably, you know, fairly unique to, at least in terms of, at least in terms of dealing with a family member who's died from something that they, that they deal with for a long time. That has like obviously been a slow, 
you know, slog of an experience mm-hmm. where you see them change and, and, su- and suffer in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that, um, you know, relief, relief is not the word that, that you would immediately come to think of when thinking about, about death, yeah. but in terms of dementia and, you know, things like cancer and stuff like that, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, but, I, yeah it's weird because they're, it's the weirdest thing because they're not, you you towards the like kind of further part of the decline your brain has to do a real balancing act because they're not the person that you knew and they are the person that you knew physically but they really are also not you know what i mean and you're just like so like are you are you is there any are you is any of you still there Mm -hmm. you kind of like hope Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I, I'm I'm really curious about that experience, Gavin. Like, I I feel like most. Uh, I guess I'll speak for myself. Like when I think of, you know, what the future might entail for my relationship with like my mom, and you know how she might eventually, um, die. Like I I don't think. I don't think like, oh, she's going to get Alzheimer's and die. I think like, oh, she'll die of old age or some sort of, you know, maybe cancer or something like that. Like that's that's probably the more common experience than like dying from dementia or, or Alzheimer's. Um, and you oftentimes don't, I mean, probably don't, I don't consider the the experience of what it would be like to like lose the connection with the person that you've known your entire life. Like the person that brought you into this world and then as you start to lose them, they like disappear before they're actually physically gone. And I'm curious what that experience is, is like as you start to lose that connection with your, your mom. Like what's that relationship like? It's like a weird like million little paper cuts, you know what I mean? Because you do it all like, you know, when somebody who you're close to like passes away, like you sort of like have all that kind of grief and 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 you're like oh no i'll never get to do this with them anymore or like or you just have that weird thing when someone dies you're like oh i should call so and so and then you're like oh fuck I, they died you, mm-hmm. like your brain just does that but um sort of that happens in alzheimer's like sort of a bunch of times over and over like first you lose you know like you can't really like call and just ask for any advice cuz they don't really they can't really process any advice. They'll just sort of like loop a story, but then they forget how to use the phone and then they mm-hmm. forget how to talk on the phone and then they forget what a phone is. So it's like, you know, I, there's, I, I mean, my mom, like for, I guess like eight years, like she's still there, but I, if I want to talk to her, I, other than going there to like be physically in her presence, there's not really 
any way to have a conversation with her. So you, mm. it's like that's you've just lost that. So you you still have that weird thought where you're like, oh, I should phone my mom and tell her about this wicked sale that's on. And then you're like, oh, right. She yeah, she won't Maybe. know what a sale is it, like. Is Does it, it matter? Is it is that hard? Like um, emotionally, like my my grandmother has dementia and she lives two hours away. And, you know, like if I want to go and like keep, you know, maintain my relationship with her, I suppose. Um, I don't I like I haven't really had a great relationship with her. But like if I want to go and work on that, I have to drive there to see her. And it makes me feel really guilty thinking about it because it's harder to call. Like I can't like you just said, I can't call yeah. and, and keep that connection like is how do you how do you sort of manage that feeling of like guilt around that at the same time or did you experience that i mean yeah every i think everyone does every, everyone in my family kind of did and it's like you know i just i'm glad sort of we kind of like caught it and because of my grandmother like we i even when i suspected what was going on i was just like okay i'm gonna like I'm bringing my parents out to Toronto as much as possible. We're going to Nova Scotia. They're going to hang out at the cabin. We're going on trips. Like, I'm just going to do as much as I possibly can while, like, and basically right up until, like, she just couldn't, like, travel at all anymore. Like, we were, we did stuff. I mean, some mm -hmm. weird, crazy trips, like, where, you know, it would be weird because <laughs> we'd be in New York and she'd be like, you know, are we going north? And like you could tell she was like a bit nervous that she was being kidnapped. And it's just <laughs> oh. like, you know, it's like, Mom, it's me and Kyle. We're in a cab. And he, she had kind of has like a panicky look on her face. Or like, you know, we're at the like world the nine eleven memorial and she's like, This is beautiful. I love Central Park. <laughs> oh my god. Like, okay. Uh so but it is um sorry, I forget what the question is. Oh, because also, yeah, you do you have weird guilt because you're like especially at the very end when they don't know who anybody is and Ooh. the nurse is as good as a fence post in terms of company. And then you're like, who am I here for? Right. Like, why am I yeah. coming here? Am I, I, I'm here for me, but like I, or am I here for them? Because they don't know, like it could be anyone's hand. Ooh. You know what I mean? It might as well, like, you know, you could just change whose hand it was. Yeah. Is yeah. There, I, I think there's like, there's also, there's also, I mean, there's that, there's that aspect of it, of like, of, of how it feels to see someone no longer recognize the people that were important in their life. But then there's also the, like the struggle of how hard it is to watch someone lose a sense of who they also were. Um, and like, could, just for context, like, could you share, could you share the, the sort of the, the, the short little story about like the purple hoodie or the pink hoodie? And like, and how like your mom, your mom would never wear a pink hoodie. Like, she, like if she oh, was yeah, I mean, it, that like, was the, she, the oddly like, the thing when we went, when she finally went into a care home, uh, you know, it's like of all the things that should have upset me, the most upsetting thing was that they had put her into pastel hoodie. Mm -hmm. And like, my mom was like a sick fashion person, like her whole life. Like she, like she dressed like she was from downtown Manhattan, even though she like lived in Southern Alberta all the time. Like she had like <laughs> black like leopard print, like a cool hat. Like she just made sure that she was like, like she was looked like what was in Vogue then <laughs> and not two years later, like everyone else in Lethbridge. So like I went into the care <laughs> home and I, I, I thought I would be upset of like, you know, oh, she's not really looking at me or I'm like having to feed her or something like that. And the thing that was like, I was so affronted by this pink hoodie where I was like, this woman does not wear pastels. 
<laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's like sweatpants that you know, say juicy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is not her. Somebody grab this woman a cheetah print immediate. <laughs> but Where did she get the sweater? <laughs> he, she seemed to be perfectly happy in the pink sure. and think it right. was pretty. And then you're like, that's also frustrating because you're like, no, no, yeah. that is not you. That's right. Like right. you, I know you hate this. Mm-hmm. And but you you know you can't you can't kind of tell her that like but, it's very weird like I mean that as the podcast goes on we the whole podcast we kind of trace from like the beginning sort of as it goes on and I pull in like Scott Thompson and Jan Arden and Rachel Matlow and Aurora Brown to like kind of sit down and we just sort of talk about our varying experiences at like each kind of stage and that's ooh. where like because everyone has these like crazy things like Aurora. There's a whole episode called Hide the Keys about just like what you do when you know they shouldn't be driving anymore, but they still want to drive. Yeah. And like how hard it is to take mm-hmm. your like loved one's license away mm-hmm. when they're like, you know, what the fuck? No, like mm-hmm. I need to go places. And you're like, yes, but you drive in the wrong lane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you drive in the oncoming lane frequently. Like you can't do this anymore. Is Is there a... Is there a, I guess by nature of the disease, it is extremely hard, if not impossible, to get an understanding from the person who has the disease, from your mom, a sense of like how she feels about what she's going through. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm wondering if A, if there, if, the, if there is ever a point where you get to have that conversation or where she can articulate that, or, or is there an experience, or, or do you ever get a... Or do you ever get like a broad strokes sort of explanation from any doctor or anything about like what the person is going through when they can't they can't remember you or or, or they can't remember the way that they like to dress yeah. or whatever the I case feel like if be. there is that it's a really short window and, and yeah. if you don't get it in within that with time that time period yeah, that it's to- available yeah. it's like it's gone and you can't totally you know, and it's a, and it's a crazy it's a crazy sort of like black hole yeah. in de- in dementia where it's like yeah. how do we know what this person is experiencing well there's also like a yeah cuz there's a window where they kind of know what's happening but mm-hmm. they don't want it to be happening but then or also they'll they know they forget things mm-hmm. uh and then they you know, and you don't really want them to be like embarrassed about it. Like my mom was very good at covering it. Like at the beginning, like I could, I could tell like when she would phone me and I'd be like, hello. And she'd be like, oh, Gavin, hey. And I'm like, <laughs> and then she instantly would be like, I just thought I'd call. And I'm like, who were you trying? Like, I don't want to say that, but I just sort of like drop a hint at the end of the call. Like, be like, okay, well, I got to go. But is there anyone else you need to call, Um, you know, in case just to like, because I know she didn't call me on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then, or she'll call back five minutes later and the same thing will happen again. But you don't want to embarrass them. Yeah. And also there, you can tell, I could tell with my mom anyways, that she was, like she was, she would get frustrated. Mm. And, and that would get a little, like quite mad at my dad and be like, you know, well, you know, she'd be like, well, I mean, according to your dad, I'm losing my mind. And so I think, you know, <laughs> He just thinks I'm crazy, but you know, I'm not crazy. Like I just wanted to know like where my red suitcase was for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're like, okay. You know what I mean? Cause you don't want to say like, you have to be very cautious not to yeah. sort of out them. And it's, and it's, that's where improv skills become 
chef kiss good because like you're yes anding like a lot because <laughs> you know like my mom would literally ask me the same she's like sort of had like like for almost like two years like just sort of like sticking point because my mom's very chatty and she didn't like quiet and so she would just like she had sticking points of conversation with each person that she would go to but it would literally be like no exaggeration like 50 or 60 times an hour that she would just be like you know like she always would say to my husband Kyle like she would be like is your sister still a principal and then he'd be like yeah she teaches at the blah 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 or whatever and then literally 10 minutes later she'd be like as soon as like the conversation died out she'd be like Kyle is your sister still teaching is she still a principal and then and you want to be like oh no she like went to space yeah (laughs) say crazy things which I would do sometimes yeah you know and then my dad would give me like a very stern look but everyone handles it differently because my dad's method of my dad was a, like a corrector for a long time. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. you know, my mom would be like, you know, what's Gavin up to? And then my dad would be like, what do you mean what's he up to? He's sitting right there for crying out loud. <laughs> and then she'd be like, geez, Donna, you've got five kids. And then she'd like look and be like, I have five kids. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like not with this body. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. okay. Or she'd be sitting. She, she, once we were at the cabinet, we were at this cabinet in Nova Scotia, and kind of when it was getting quite bad. She was sitting. We were sitting with my dad, and she's like, "Where's your dad? Like, where the hell's your dad gone to?" And I'm like, "Cause my dad likes to hunt and fish, and he was gone a lot when we were growing up." And she was like, "Well, I don't know. Your dad's buggered off somewhere golfing with his friends or whatever." So, um, <laughs> your mom sounds like, like a fucking hoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's very funny, but like, she's and like she would get the cross at my dad, but she was so she's sitting there and she's like, "Where's your dad?" And I'm like, "Keith, he's he's right there, like sitting in that chair." And then she looks and she's like that old man i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) not with my and i'm like oh god sorry dad but then you know it's like but scott thompson uh i think in the second episode we he comes in and like you know i brought him in because once we were in la and we were sort of talking about having mothers with dementia and he just started telling me all these funny stories because she was at a particular phase where um his mother was quite flirty and liked men a lot and she just forgot who he was and would just relentlessly flirt with him every time he uh, went to visit and put, awesome. her, put her hand on his thigh and he's just like oh it's God. so weird yeah I, like is there is and, and i feel i feel weird asking this because uh, well go ahead i'll just ask it but like it, it did you did you ever have a fear because again like taylor just said like your mom sounds so fucking cool and and when you when you when you you know in episode one you make it very clear that like you also think your mom is very fucking cool and so you have this history of of the way that you viewed your mother this woman who had a great sense of humor this woman who was like so fucking cool ahead of her time cool in terms of style and and just the way that she carried herself and then this disease comes along and for a lot of people this disease can drag on for like many years it can go a really long time where this person is a completely different person so did you ever have a fear of like when your mom dies 
that you would have, you'd almost forget the original, like the OG mom, like it forget. Yes, that's why like I made this podcast. Of who she was, <laughs> and 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 just remember, the, you know, the mom that was in the pastel sweater who like needed you to feed her kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely did. That's why I think why I started like writing about it and started to make mm. the podcast in, in the first place because I realized, but that by sort of not talking about it, I was forgetting. Right. Cool, cool artsy mom, mm-hmm. and I was only, I was only remembering like kind of sometimes quite mean forgetful sweary mom and you know because like things happen like their personality does change like yeah. we're you know you'll be at thanksgiving and you know my mom who like d- did everything for her kids and loves kids and is like th- like was the best like grandma like kids she just loved kids like our house was always full of not only our kids but everyone else's kids and, you know we'll be there it's like thanksgiving and she's just like Oh, for I gotta get out of here. These fucking kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> Whose kids are these? Whose yeah. fucking kids are these? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, or like looking at my sister and be like, you know, does anybody parent these fucking kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like her yeah. favorite daughter and her yeah. favorite grandkids. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that's brute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was worried. I was definitely worried about that. And and kind of like, you know, I wanted, I just wanted to have a record around a little bit yeah. to kind of, because part of this process, this podcast I'm going through of, you know, marking what's happening now is also like a little bit of portraiture to be like, you know, uh, to recolor in the paint by numbers picture that got like slowly decolored over the course of time. Yeah. That where I'm like, I, I think. I do want to kind of like leave a legacy so people know like, yeah, my that at a certain point, like my mom was amazing. Mm-hmm. But then the weird thing is, is not, it's kind of nice. At least for me is that after they do pass it, you can then hold them in your memory. The way you, you get to focus on the pre person again, because you're not so busy focusing on the now. Right. And you can remember them like, well, you know, when they were 40 or like, when you did this because it's it's so kind of harrowing in the middle of it you your brain it just really does set that pre-person aside yeah and maybe it's just because it's too sad to remember that pre-person while they're that in that present person yeah it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way to it's a beautiful way gesture i think to your mom's memory and to your and to your Mm -hmm. you know your memory of of your mother to solidify it like that i mean it's really yeah, well, that's really the scary beautiful. thing is I'll probably have to listen to the podcast to remember who I am in like ten years. And yeah, <laughs> right. So right. I'm like, because yeah. you know, I'm like, oh god, her her father, her mother, her. Then like all of our the kids in our family just joke around. We're like, Kyle does not like my partner doesn't like when I joke about it. But I'm like, because <laughs> we're, we're like, you know, like which one of us is this gonna be? So I'm like, yeah. God, I better like you know put some stuff on tape or it makes you really be like, I better have a good time now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to that point, like what would, you know, in the process of creating this project that was, that is so personal, um, what, what would you say for you is like one of the biggest takeaways that you've kind of learned over that process of creating something like this in, in, you know, in this position of where you're, you're so closely tied to like the, the personal aspects of, of the story. I mean, I think just like, don't let yourself don't find a way to talk about it or find somebody to to 
talk about what's what's kind of happening because if you just kind of hold it all in it 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 messes you up mm. a little bit um yeah i mean i don't know what like my kind of big takeaway is like you know i don't know what we usually tell people like it's like don't feel guilty it's not your like you can't you'll reach a point where you're like, oh my God, I wish there was something I could do. And you'll think of all these things and, but there isn't, it's okay for there to be nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I had to really grapple with. Cause you want to find like, you know, you want to find the perfect Alzheimer's care home where it's like full of cozy books and like, you know, things and it, it, or it's like, you know, that they say, you'll read a news story about like, though the Danish Alzheimer's village where they yeah, have pretend right. postmen <laughs> and it's like the Truman show and they just live their merry lives and they don't know. And you're like, that's not Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's <laughs> takes everything. You forget how to walk. You forget how to breathe. Ooh. You forget how to eat. It doesn't matter if there's a pretend postman <laughs> strolling around. You're sitting in a chair, staring at the wall because that's what you remember how to do. Ooh. And that's not anybody's fault. <laughs> and you can't, like I had to just let myself be like I can't feel bad about that because there's there's just I can't no amount of fake neighborhood citizens is gonna mm -hmm. make this better. Yeah. In, in in talking about um the importance of of talking about it, do you do you go to therapy? No, I just make shows. No, I just make my. I just make audience members listen to my therapy. <laughs> I, I, I'm really. Uh, I was really curious about it because uh, I. I love therapy. Um, I talk about therapy as much as Taylor talks about Peter Atia. Uh, whoa, dude! Um, that score is not equal. Yeah, it's just probably so more Peter know. Atia than my therapy. No, the other but, way uh, around. But um, um, it's interesting no because, like, I so I think one of the things that I've learned a lot through going to therapy is the importance of like talking about um, the experiences that you've had in your childhood that you know can be traumatic and then trigger these things that happen later in life. And um, in talking to my mom about a lot of things, um, there's a lot of like conflict from my childhood that I that I talk about with her. And, you know, I know one of the things that she um, regrets in life is not having conversations with her mom before her mom passed away from cancer. And and I'm curious if there was like anything that, you know, you felt like was was going left unsaid with your mom and like how you sort of navigate any of those feelings that might come up during like, you know, the process of her losing her ability to her cognitive ability, I suppose. I mean, the weird thing about dementia is that you don't have to really leave anything unsaid because they'll just say it to you. Um, <laughs> you know, like a, a, a weird thing for me was, um, she would sort of bump back and forth in time for a while and I would sort of be different people. So, you know, we'd be driving and then she would sort of be like, you know, like start talking to me about like her family and her kids. And I would realize that, oh, I'm not me at the moment. I'm, I'm like a lady from, I'm her friend from, you know, 1984 or whatever. Like, and she'd be like, well, you know, I don't know if you know my son Gavin, but he lives in Toronto with, get this, a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the 
And then she's like, "Go on, go on." Yeah, yeah that's literally what, what else? you do. So I'm like, I'm like, yes, and and I'm like, God, I don't really want to know this. Um, yeah. but, was you know, there anything we're driving that... the car? So I'd just be like, "Oh, you know, well, he's. I bet he's probably he's probably pretty happy." And then she's like, "Well, I mean, I think he is, but you know, I don't." I wouldn't tell his father or he'll take him out in the field and that'll be that. <laughs> oh, mad. my God. Hey, I, I, and shit. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what period of time we are. But it's right. weird, like, because, oh. you know, I sort of thought, you know, she was more fine with it than, Ooh. you know, ultimately having conversations where she thinks I'm not me. And I'm like, oh, you're having a conversation that I know you've had with Ooh. your friend, mm-hmm. but except you're having it with me and you know she'd but be isn't like that you know, crazy that, i just like, really worry about him that he's gonna ooh. destroy his career like he's always doing like in gay plays and like i just sometimes think can't you you know it's i hate to say this but i'm like can, can you not just do normal things oh my yeah. god that like, do, like it, do you do you get the sense when like in that using oh. that example as a as a as a perfect example is like is is that is she or do you get the sense that she is representing kind of like current unsaid sentiments or is she like traveling back in time? Like, is she accessing a past version of herself that was like, or is it that, even that, you know, like, again, right, because right, again, right. like, or is it a totally different, is it completely? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It, I think it is. I, I mean, I don't know the science of it, but I am kind of now sort of fascinated by it because it does mm-hmm. kind of, it does seem a little bit like an eraser that's going from the present to the past. Right. First, the short term goes and then, you know, you get the thousand questions a minute. But then, you know, I would sort of like be different as it sort of progresses. And then sort of towards the end, they kind of almost are a kid. Like, you know, my mom would often just there. There's a hard period right before they have to go into care where like she just wanted to go home all the time. Like no matter where we were, she was like she'd sit for five minutes and she'd be like, well, I got to go. I should get going. I got to get home. And you're like, there's no home. To, and we did everything. Like we drove her back to her childhood home in Fort McLeod. Like, to, and you know, she doesn't, she wouldn't, she didn't recognize it. Like there's your house. She's like, this isn't Fort McLeod. Like it's mm-hmm. weird. Cause she just, she was constantly, constantly needing to go to a place that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it is a weird, a bit of kind of time travel. Mm-hmm. in a weird it's way but it is very weird to have yeah i did like be a dick about it sometimes like and sure be like you know what about your one don't you have one daughter that's kind of and she'd be like a bitch yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> you know and then i'd be like you know i kind of want to put the phone on and tape and see if i could get her to talk smack about my siblings yeah, yeah. but i never actually like because the thing is that i'm like just like well you know that i know she's gonna turn around and talk smack about me yeah to yeah me. yeah right so it's like and it it immediately ceased how far to be do you want to go down this I, rabbit hole as yeah. fun as i wanted it to be oh, yeah like uh, how, how do you know that yeah. the conversation your mom's having yeah. in the car is not something that your sister planted in her mind like days or hours yeah. before oh my god well yeah. there's also that thing too because you get really paranoid about it you're like Is somebody telling you something? like yeah you, right. but you kind of just like yeah you really learn to just like kind of roll with wherever you are in the moment you're just mm-hmm. like well i mean i, I learned the weird thing is i learned that from my mom <laughs> because my grandmother had to mention my mom told me like you know she doesn't know who she won't necessarily know who you are when you go visit so just roll with whatever happens and one mm-hmm. time i cut my grandma's hair because she thought i was the hairdresser <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that might really have got roll, mad at me. Roll, yeah, really yeah, rolling with like, it. What? You did what? And I'm like, I just did a little trim. I didn't know what else to do. You said roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm rolling. Yeah. I'm rolling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, folks, let's not be kidding. Um, it uh, It is the full series is uh, as 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 this is released the day that it's released it's available now um uh for apple uh, cbc stories subscribers and cbc listen members um and uh, i take it the full series will be just released weekly on everywhere you can find podcasts yeah so um, that's correct uh go check it out it's uh again like i can't wait to to listen to the rest of it uh gavin because it, it is a, it's a very it's a very beautiful story it's very well well done and you should be really proud of of making such a like really important project. I think, um, and uh, we're really we're really stoked that you decided to take time in your schedule to sit down and, and chat with us today. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Uh, oh wait, you know what? Hold on. Where can people stay up to date with you and like your work? I mean, you're 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 so interesting and fun to watch. Your com- your comedy is amazing. <laughs> like, how can people follow you? Uh, you can, uh, follow me on Instagram at Gavin K Crawford. Uh, also that's about the only social media. You can't follow me on Twitter right now. Cause we're state sponsored media. That's right. 69%, <laughs> 69% apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter for government news. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can always check out. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm just over at uh, CBC Because News or at Because News, and uh, you can follow us there. Are you so. on? Uh, are you on Truth Social? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I am now. That's what we should be asking everybody. <laughs> What's your Truth Social? That was my favorite. Uh, because we my should favorite thing from the week this week of Because News, we did we did like the Twitter story, but then the clue was just like Beavis and Butthead, where it was just like being like ha. Oh. We should call this government news. <laughs> Let's call it seventy percent government news. He's like, no, 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 even sixty nine. Hey, hey, sixty nine. It's like Evan Musk as Beavis and Butthead was a very fun. That's very funny. All right, thanks again, Gavin. Thanks. <laughs> That is it for this week's edition of Routine Checkup. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. It means the world to us. And if you'd like to continue listening to the podcast, you can do that right here on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And of course, if you want to support the podcast further, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on your Spotify mobile app. And uh, even Better than that, why don't you tell someone that you know, tell someone that you love, tell someone that you don't know, that you listen to Sick Boy Podcast and recommend it to them because we always love those extra ears. The podcast is produced and hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Brian Stever, and Taylor McGilvery. The podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis at Talent Bureau. The theme music for today's episode comes from Rich O'Coin. Thanks again, folks. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. That's it for now. My name is Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.